Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Music Challenge Podcast, where every week, three music-loving friends sit down and talk brass tacks about the music that has touched our lives. This season on the Music Challenge Podcast, we'll be talking about our formative four, the four albums that set us on our personal musical journeys. Where did your musical journey begin? Let us know who your formative four are. We'll be featuring listener selections along the way, and we just may feature your groundbreaking music grails. The albums that started it all for you and what you are listening to now. Let us know what we're missing out on and what we can be listening to. Email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for weekly episodes featuring some of the most influential albums of our past, present, and future. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the latest episode of the Music Challenge Podcast. Let me, let me just say, we're, we're listening to the, the Music Challenge podcast. We're doing a COVID-19 emergency style podcast. We tried to bring you something else. It didn't work out because I didn't have my microphone set up. So me and Rob are <laughs> hanging out here. On, How's it going, guys? We're just on a Friday night. We're going to kick it for a little bit and just see where we get going to. So, uh, and I just asked Rob if he'd ever... Uh, kind of set him up with uh have you ever heard a spoon and so, uh, go ahead Rob. so my feeling on spoon and i don't know what it is it, it was had to be one of the early singles they released xrt played the motherfuck out of it and so, you know how there's that band that just so you, 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 you start hearing them and you're just like fuck i can't stand these guys and a few people mentioned them to me including Derek Scranton, who was on that Zoom call today. What up, Derek? Um, I like most of your suggestions, but I didn't like this one. Um, So that's my feeling on Spoon. I'm open because I haven't dug into them, just because the stuff on the surface annoyed me, so I didn't go any further than that. And I'll tell you a band that I just, somebody, like four people told me in the last few days to listen to this, and I did, and I feel like an asshole. I didn't fucking listen to him before go ahead tell me your spoon shit oh me um to tell you the truth i don't I, I don't know a whole lot about it except that uh there's a few tunes that i've heard on you know my pandora that have like hooked me where it's like like, sure. like we're like you're all the way across the garage and you're like who the fuck is that and a lot of times right. a lot of times it'll just stop you
And a lot of times it ends up being the same band. Like, you know, okay. that you're gonna, if somehow it picks up quickly. Like, if you listen to a song all the way through, it knows that you're interested. And, right. uh, and so it'll play more Spoon for you and whatever. Sure. And uh, uh, I haven't actually heard any very lately, but, I mean, I remember, okay, so it gripped me a little bit. My cousin who lives in Manhattan, she went and saw him one night. Um, okay. Dug him. Uh, and the thing is, I think they're a little bit more raging than their singles. I, I mean, I, I agree. I remember but that's hearing, a possibility because they, mean, they, they got really big, like fucking love from the pitchforks of the world and shit like that. Oh, and I see. think, what are they like? Austin based, I think. So they that's have right. to be decent. Lot no, um, oh, spoon. spoon. I think they're Austin, Texas based. So they have to be somewhat fucking rocking and good at playing live music because you don't come up in Austin and suck at live music. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that's kind of the case. I do. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm not saying there's bad music in Austin. You know, there's plenty of studio bands in Austin too. You know, like. Right. Uh, um, fucking White remember, Denim for White Christ's Denim. Sake. They're from, from, they're from Austin. Amazing, amazing live band. True, but um, have you seen them since? I mean, they're only half the band they used to be. Agree, you know I mean. but I I did hear from a friend of ours in common, and you know him. He's one of the music curmudgeons. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Foss told me last time I saw them um, that that uh, they're back. He said, "They're dude, I saw them live yeah. again. They're back." He said, and "So I." Yeah, so I mean, and he—I t- think he said to listen to their new, their newest record because it's pretty badass. But dude, that James Petrolli guy—you can't keep that dude down. He is. No, I mean, he's hell. great. He's great, and so is the bass player. I mean, right, that, that's right. absolutely awesome. But- drummer they had before that uh what's his name uh leon helms is that his name 
fucking some some dude from Austin <laughs> as well That's... stole him from white denim. Well, and him he, and like, the other guy. He had he exactly him and the guitarist went to that right. Dude. And when they took that guitarist, that would to me was like uh, that was a lot of the texture that really made them psychedelic. That, that drummer. That drummer was money, man. No, the bass like, player. So is the bass player. You know, and the, the bass player is great. Yeah, the bass player is a metronome. I mean, they're all great. right. Right. And so, like that, whoever took those two, you know, here's how they he, you you take two dudes from a band is you pay them more than they are currently getting they, paid. It's exactly what happened. This and, guy had like a so major like, label. Oh, I'm in that band group. now. And exactly. <laughs> and they're, that's what happened. You know, they're not. I don't think they're being challenged in the shit. Like I'm sure he plays some fine music, but I don't think they're being challenged like they would be in white denim, but white denim wasn't paying for them to live in a flat in Austin, Texas, or you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I mean, or maybe it was, I, mean, we, I don't know. We, I, I don't we, know. I, I mean, mean we, it's only it, Austin, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know. there was a lot of us to, there was a lot of us at Lincoln hall when we saw him there. And I've seen him a few times, and there was quite a few people there. But it still can't equate to making like a a satisfying living between four guys, don't do you think? So no, like no, no, Hall. no, no, no. I mean, when I mean, you sell like a Lincoln Hall, I mean, your, pretty much break even on that day, I would think. Right. I, I mean, mean, you have to uh, bust your ass included. Yeah, I mean, you, you would have, dates a year. That's exactly. You, know? you would have to be Humphreys McGee, or you would have to be. Right. A, uh, I'm trying to think who else did that, but you know, Humphreys went. But I mean, to over 140 shows a year. I mean, it's um, widespread used to do that. That was how yeah. they cut their teeth. They just played their asses off and down in like the Southern Circuit. I mean, I'm sure. Um, yeah. it, I don't know. So, anyways, back to the, this band that like people mentioned to me for the last few days and then i listened they had a new record that dropped today and finally this this dude i correspond with in london and i'll tell you he'll come in somehow in this stuff but he's like mate he always says that mate yeah listen to the new i gotta do london listen, calls me mate li- listen listen to the new strokes album it's brilliant and i know that the strokes are huge in in the uk and i always thought they were a uk band i didn't know this they're from new york and so i listened and what caught my my attention with the strokes was this latest song they released it's a single they're playing the shit out of it on xrt it's called bad decisions it's a fucking great pop tune
It's really good. Super okay. catchy. I heard it. I'm like, man, that's cool. And I was like, that's the fucking strokes. And I went through kind of a love hate thing with a couple of their singles they released. So I never really gave them the time of day. Dude, I read today that their, their debut album was voted by NME, maybe um, some sort of music periodical the number one album of the 2000s thus far the strokes that, that yes their debut album which is called this is it i think I believe. this is it um make no mistake oh my want. gosh i think we have a thing in the work works here this is <laughs> it uh, i'll tell you where i Mercy, so, that'll bring conversation. So I actually don't know about Spoon at all. I was just asking if you did. So I feel so like it's what something that we would like. If, if well, we I don't know if we did or if we would or not. It, it's you know, it's something to follow up on on another episode like for this. sure. Right, but if if we get anything, if we get anything from this little talk, it should be that you need to listen to that first record by The Strokes in the latest record by the strokes and they're both okay. wonderful in it, it dude on itunes they said and there was like chemical problems and like addiction and shit like that the dude that is the brains behind its dad owns like one of the biggest modeling agencies in the world they're based out of new york and right. and these guys were young when they blew up first they were like early 20s right sure so there was some crazy shit that happened in between and they said they were going to drop this album and everybody's been looking forward to it because they fucking called out rick rubin to fucking produce the album and in and itunes said when you call this is exactly what it said in the description when you call on rick rubin you're not fucking around. I no. was like, damn. Uh, but he's, Rick, they're right. They're Rick right. Rubin's one of the producers who, you know, you're not in charge of your album. Rick, Rick Rubin right. is. He will tell you how to mix the tracks. I mean, similarly. Like Terry, Terry Jam and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. What, uh, what about, what about the dude that did that? Did that Talking Heads album? What's his name? I oh, Brian Eno. Brian Eno. That's what it is. Well, uh, he, right. was, he was. He's in, another uh, one. He was in Roxy Music with Brian mm-hmm. Ferry. Uh, yes, they were together, weren't yeah, they? That's they why were. I always equate them together because right. they were both in Roxy. I did some further uh, research on Brian Eno after our uh, Remain in Light episode, which just left me speechless after after got done with it after i listened to the music so much it was just like man this is yeah this is some of the most important fucking shit that ever came i mean it's just like this is incredible i mean it's still beyond what people are doing absolutely absolutely just like nice now i felt i I felt the same way about rush and duran duran too like I said, when, when Jennifer and I first sat down and listened to that album, it was a Friday night, and we both, uh, you know, had a little help. We smoked a little weed, but um, sure. we sat down and listened to it, and we both looked at each other like, holy shit, this album is good. Like, this is ridiculous, you know? What album is that? Oh, The Remain Light. That, uh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Remain Light. Yeah, I remember... Uh, 
when Fish did it, I wasn't like as uh, versed in it as I was other ones. That's my that's that's an issue I take with myself as well because I should have I should have absolutely loved that. And now I'll probably go back and listen to it and be like, holy fuck, this is great. Well, that's the thing is, like, now that I've done this, I want to go back and listen to that. Right. And we should do uh, that together. That would be awesome. We and, should do that together. Because, like, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know what's going to click and what's not. I do remember, like, you know, the cross-eyed and painless obviously clicked. Dude, I mean that, and that that became one of their huger songs of of the rest of their career. And and when they would play that, like I would hear, then I'd hear an occasional cross-eyed and painless sound like XRT or something at work, and it it sounds just as good as Fish or other way around. Right. But that's like, I feel like you could do like a verse from the Talking Heads. And then a version of fish and like interchange them or interweave them somehow. Oh yeah. You know, and it would just sound so cool and so accurate and just, it would be neat. It would be I really mean, cool. Not only, I mean, there's some parts where I know fish kind of deviated. I remember. Oh yeah, did. for sure. As it, you did with most of their music, but it right. would be cool to have that in there. Well, it's not only that, it, it's uh I I mean, it's, some of the results might have been as good or better. I don't know. I mean, uh, right? They could have figured. They could have figured. <laughs> right? They could have figured it out a little more than you yeah. Know, and they so had, I mean, I wonder how long they worked on that album. Well, dude, can you imagine when they no. decided? All right, this is what we're gonna do. That's some daunting. I mean, bullshit. even to do like Born Under Punches. I mean, right? It's like, bruh, 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 bruh. I mean, yeah, I mean, all that, that Tina Weymouth shit. Some of those, at, some of those, at, exactly. And Mike had to be all over for that shit. Too. Yeah. Some of those like African or like world beats that they have going on, like how you know yeah. who better to who better to lay that shit down? They made it sound so cool, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like the Talking Heads did. It was like, man, this is badass. This is like driving through your parking lot, uh, high school parking lot, badass. You know, right. I mean, it's right. in a fucking Trans Am with yeah, out. yeah. Well, yeah, windows open all the way. Uh, you know, Wooderson. Right. Completely and utterly. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you... So, I, I figured you wanted to talk about Aerosmith for the next 25 minutes or so. Oh, good fucking Lord. 
<laughs> Don't make me gouge out my ears. I need them. <laughs> Dude looks like a lady. Oh, that's one of the songs too that, like, I hear yeah, it just like fucking send chills up my spine. Sixties and seventies Aerosmith is so fucking it, badass. I, dude, I don't think it is. I think it just sounds I don't too think sloppy you've to heard me. The right Maybe stuff. I haven't heard the right stuff. I don't think. Maybe you have. I, ha- I don't and, think you have. True. You know I trust. You know I trust your your opinion implicitly. One fucking but, car ride, and you will be an Aerosmith fan. <laughs> So all, all I need is about we, 45 minutes. We, we need a fucking road trip for that, dude. We all live on the edge of town. Where we all live ain't a soul to bound. People start coming, all we do is just a grin. Say we gotta move it out, cause it is moving in. I say we gotta move it out, cause it is moving in. We do. We need a podcast. Podcast road trip in Colorado. But we need to, you know, do you know? Jed needs to come with us too. Three uh, is perfect. Three is perfect. You drive all all twenty four hours. Jimmy Page has got hours and hours and hours of stuff recorded from live shows, and I want so bad for him to just start dropping that stuff. Depends when, you know. I mean, he had his. Good times, bad times. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. He, he. Trust me, he's not going to throw it out there if he like that. Think seventy to seventy-two worthy. period was 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 he was tight and fast. You know, but exactly. So, and that's what I want. Like, I I often watch the Royal Albert Hall show, and that was right in that time. I think it was seventy or seventy-one. They did Royal Albert Hall, and that show was amazing. Awesome, folks. Check that one out. But, so, like, um, what album would that be? It was, it's Jimmy. It's Jimmy Page's birthday too. The the day they they play Royal Albert Hall. It's pretty cool. So, like, um, what album is that? Is, what album do we it, have songs on for that? So, so that's are there any Led Zeppelin just, three? I don't think there was any Led Zeppelin three, but they do. They did like. Um, the, one of these days, or no, I'm sorry, no. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> no, no, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, 
One of these days, I'm going to chop you into tiny pieces. Except John Paul Jones absolutely tearing it in half. Dude, he, he would lay he that would shit down. Slice that and dice yeah. it. Um, um, how many or how many times? That's what it is. How many more times? Oh, I play that song. Doom, ding, do, bing, do, doom, ding, 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 ding. It's like when, straight when it, blues tune. Yeah, when it, they, when do that, they it off. do that live. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, when like all three of them are like locked into that like rhythm and melody oh, or whatever. Yeah. It's just like that's a tour de force for sure. Jimmy Jimmy goes off like on some crazy tangent during that song, and right. um, and I don't know if you know this, but on the on the on their recording of that, which was on Zeppelin One, that was the second song that Jimmy Page used the bow on his guitar, and he goes off on some tangent at Royal, at Royal Albert Hall, or is it? Yeah, Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, and they come back to that. And it feels it would like my head would explode if I sat there and watched that live. Right, it would be ridiculous. Right, they always had that. Uh, there's that one big blues section they would do in the middle there. Can't remember what yeah. the fuck that was, but uh, you know, yeah. like when I, I when, mean, I mean, when, that band is go piss on gasoline, man. I mean, it is. <laughs> it, <laughs> or how did Donald Duck done say? It turned goat piss in gasoline. <laughs> and uh it's, it's, i mean what can you fucking say about that is yeah i mean i i i've done plenty of academic reading on the band led zeppelin and yes, the thing is even the is, there's just no way to make heads or tails sense of why they're so fucking good and, <laughs> and no one else is you know <laughs> 
I mean, it's Dude, just like, I I, all I can come up with is deal with the devil. I mean, is really right. all I've come in, up with. In, in, uh, again, another friend of ours has said and referred to a portion of um, Rain Song where he oh, plays in some open, open tuning or something. And he, at the end of it, it's that little lick that he does on the acoustic at the end of that tune. And, make, and, and he says, and that's why I think you made a deal with the fucking devil. And I was like, why? And he goes, because who comes up with that? Like, who comes, how do you come up with that? And I was like, dude, he was a studio musician before Led Zeppelin. True. He played everything. Like, everything. I think what, I think what our buddy might have heard was the fact that there actually are back masks and backtracks on those like if they're played backward, there's backtracks and back mass are two right. different things. Like the whole bustle in my hedgerow thing. Like yeah. If you play that backwards, it actually I, is a prayer. It actually says a prayer. Now there's another thing where like a back mask where something comes out of the actual album, you know, like the vinyl itself that isn't like because it's being played backwards and not forwards. Right, right. And, and, and like, that's a different way to get a different message out of the album. Hmm. And so I, have, I, have a whole, I have a whole album, I have a whole book about it, to tell you the truth. It's fascinating. And Led Zeppelin... So used to do that, correct? Or, or yeah. there was thoughts that they would do that? So No, 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 it's all first, on there. You can listen to it. <laughs> my first experience... My first experience with Led Zeppelin was from a good friend of mine's older brother. Hold on, hold on, Rob. Let me stop you right there. Let's take a break here on the Music Talent Podcast, COVID-19 style, and we will be right back to hear Rob's story about his brother. See you in a bit. See you in a few. Bye. Remember, everyone, we want you to submit your formative four. Tell us the musical seeds that set you on your path, and we might review one of your albums right here on the air. You can get on our blog at musicchallenge.fireside.fm or email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Also, you can slip into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Come as close to four as you can, but if you need more or less, that's all right, too. Remember... MusicChallengePod at gmail.com and you could hear us discuss one of your albums. Uh, all right, so we're back now from uh, Thanks for the Break. We're back to the Music Challenge Podcast. Reminders. Uh, Catch us on uh, Instagram at G, no, <laughs> Music Challenge Pod is uh, the Instagram handle. Also, Music Challenge Pod at Gmail is the email. Oh, that's kind of funny. They probably knew I was going to say that. And uh, so, Music Challenge Pod at Gmail.com is the email. Send us your formative four. Send us your. Uh, if you absolutely hate us, please send us that email. 
please send us the email if you absolutely hate us. I guarantee kind you. Of, I guarantee kind of some, I guarantee you. Send that email. Uh, Drew will read it. I guarantee, Drew will read it. I guarantee it'll get read on the mail, on the, on the air. <laughs> oh, uh, if you have an album you want us to talk about because we are so damn Right. Just because you want to hear our, our yeah. Just amazing you wanna, insight on it. Then email us at music challenge pod pod music word challenge word pod at gmail.com and we will fuss and feud over it and uh uh maybe like it i'll probably like it drew drew might poo poo it but that's all right that's what we're here for interesting interesting (laughs) um That'll kind of like it. So uh, you'll find that we have we have listening tastes, and they're not all the same. Man, do I wish I could have a cigarette where I'm sitting right now. And uh, um, so, in any case, it is yet to yeah, rear, so our, it is yet our, to rear so, its ugly head, really. But so our musical tastes definitely overlap. I mean, greatly overlap. But then they they. They spread out from there in different they directions, and, hey, and, is, and that's what makes us, our group, interesting. Is because we all have that that in common. Our our music tastes like overlap in some spots, and in in really good spots, and then um, spread from there. Right, and it's, I don't, it's I don't fun think like that. Anyone's afraid to chase their own tiger down the tunnel. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like this is what I'm into, and this is what Correct. I'm listening to, and you know the rest of y'all can do that. And then, but at the same time, you know, there's certain music that just brings us all together for all together live shows and whatever. And right. you know, I mean, like the number of times that we've all seen Wadesky, Marion Wood would probably shock some <laughs> jazz aficionados in Europe, you know. And the right. uh, number of times I saw the string those. cheese incident, for Christ's sake. Like, think about collectively how many times we've seen that band, Jesus. I saw that band for six bucks at, uh, at the Bruin View in Champaign. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, same night Fish played Farm Aid, actually. I uh, saw Up in Smoke at that Bruin View in Champaign. Up in Smoke, I think, is probably a four star movie out of five. <laughs> If you really want to know the especially, truth, the battle of the bands, especially for a brewing view, dude. Yeah. Especially for a brewing view. I believe I saw I Beavis mean, and Butthead do America there. <laughs> but but up in smoke, I actually own on DVD, if not Blu-ray, and uh, it's it's very very fine viewing. Part it's of the beginning where they're trying to steal a 55 gallon drum of gasoline and then put it in their car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yes. It's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all very good stuff. Um, so, back to what to, I was talking about. Yes. Um, Continue. So, my first, so I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan. Obviously, somewhere where As all three of us overlap. And, um, my first exposure to Led Zeppelin was a great friend of mine's older brother. Um, he had left his Walkman at my house and I had listened to it and it, 
you know, did y'all remember Walkman headphones? Um, and I, when I hit play, it was Led Zeppelin four and I listened to it until the batteries were dead. So then I had to put new (laughs) batteries in it and I was like, Dave, so is this one that had the shoulder strap? Say that again. I had an original Walkman and it had a shoulder strap. Oh, dude, I remember that. My that was like my brother's. This one, this wasn't that one. That was like my brother's, the one with the shoulder strap. I think he had the very first Walkman. And I used to listen to Men at Work on and and Duran Duran Rio on that freaking Walkman. So, uh, so, um. I listen to Zeppelin Four, and I tell him, "Dave, this album's awesome." What was it? And he told me Zeppelin Four, made me a copy, and on the ass end of the B side, we had talked about a certain spot in Stairway to Heaven. If you roll it backwards, it says, yeah. "My sweet Satan." Yes, and he put that portion backwards. At the ass end of the B side of my first copy of Zeppelin Four, oh, which no was kidding. like a Max, which was like a Max L ninety minute, you know, yes. like metal metal tape. And, metal. And he had written. Oh, those are the good this ones. This was the cool. This was the cool thing. He, you know, the sticker around it, and you could write whatever you wanted on it. Right. Well, he had written Led Zeppelin Four, and then wrote out each one of their four symbols. Like drawn so, so. It carefully on yes on on the on the tape and did it on both sides and I had that tape until it broke, Drew. I mean no, I had it. No shit, I huh? must have played that thing a million times. So that was my it first was Led, copy of Led Zeppelin. Oh, nice, nice. Well, Led Zeppelin Four is a great entryway. I mean, Hell of course, yeah. you know. I mean, it's got Stairway to Heaven. Okay, that was voted. Number when, two when all breaks. time when the levee breaks, which is really about as hard as Led's Open got. I don't know, kind of in a way. And then you know, going to California. I mean, going to California, go, four sticks. It's got rock uh, and roll, four sticks, right? Rock and roll is fucking awesome. Awesome, because I mean, it is awesome almost too. like the pure definition of rock and roll. Exactly. It's not just it's, a clever name. It's four on the floor, yeah. And uh, and John Bonham just fucking. Oh yeah takes control of that shit she sure does and so uh, if you if that doesn't suck you in nothing will right
I don't think so. I mean, my first, my first, uh, uh, I mean, my older brother first Led Zeppelin he bought or played for me, bought and played for me was Led Zeppelin three, which sounds a lot like, sounds a lot like, I love that record. It's incredible. But it, when you're uh, twelve, sounds like Satan. Crawled, sounds like Satan crawled up in your stereo and died. Absolutely. I mean, it was like, man, this is. Like, I remember uh, my parents went out to dinner, so he's like uh, babysitting, and uh, um, so you know he had bought this thing at Kmart earlier in the day. And, uh, and, pl- and plays another it. trip to Kmart, another trip to Kmart. You know, the thing is about, you know, can't make fun of people you see at Kmart cause you're at Kmart too. Um, right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so in any case, uh, play, listen to it. Bronyar stomp, uh, uh, tangerine gallows pole, you know, all this, you know, it's all in a very strange type of, Tolkien-esque, you know, type of, it 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 does not sound normal. It was all over the place. And that was what, that was what made them so magical was because they were like, you know, you wanted a blues song, Led Zeppelin's got one for you. You wanted a funk song, you know, Led Zeppelin's got one for you. You want like a, a Southern rock style song, like, and they, when they did it, they did it better than anybody else did it you know watch what we can do almost i mean that's the studio musicianship is just like they can emulate anything you know like bring it on you want a folk song i mean exactly i mean like think about going to california for christ's sake how beautiful of a goddamn song is that i mean it's and they referenced Joni Mitchell in that song, and they thought the world of her. Do they really? She had to love that song, yeah. Joni, well, I think, I, everyone thinks the world of Joni Mitchell. Um, yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I did, yes. Uh, did she pass? No, no, no. I just oh, mean, oh, yeah, like, yeah. back then, like, all those people, like, all those musicians, it was like Bob Dylan. She was like the female Bob Dylan. Everybody loved Joni Mitchell. Jaco Pastorius was her backing bass Dips, player. And the, the Brecker Brothers. Free Man in Paris. Well, the thing is, the, it's not just the Free Man in Paris video. It's the whole, there's several shows I on see YouTube. That whole, I want to see that. Yeah. I, I, that's the only thing I know. She and Jaco were a thing. Really, but, you know, she she really was after Janice passed, probably uh, like or Janice Joplin passed. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was the grand old dame of rock and roll. I mean, like, right, right. everyone respected her. See, Crosby, Stills, and Nash was put together at her house in fucking California for Christ's sake. Yeah, I mean, that was like it's ridiculous. She was like the epicenter of west coast rock and roll and everybody like collectively went there it was crazy it's amazing. Can you imagine I'm, being so, there? what's the name of that song american in free man in paris free man in paris we're gonna have to play a little bit of that here that's a, it's an amazing tune and jocko right. just lays it the fuck 
Jocko's laying it so hard the fuck down that like the dudes next to him who are like world class musicians start looking at him like, "What the fuck are you doing? Is this dude doing?" Literally, they they were like, "Donald Brecker's like, oh, like look who's trying." Right. It's like fine. We all got to now. Yeah. You know, and here's Joni just up front with the big giant smile, just like check out my band. Oh yeah. My band wants to play for me. No doubt. I know. So, so you know. So your first exposure was Zeppelin three. Mine was Zeppelin four. Right. Um, and in in if you, I mean, so then of course I'm 
there's nothing that they've done that I don't love really. Um, I could, mm-hmm. if I never heard immigrant song, if I never heard immigrant song again, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really break my heart, but like, you know what I'm saying? Um, kind of. And I, I, I love like presence that album. Yeah. I mean, amazing. Blows my mind. Achilles last stand. Nobody's fault, um, but mine. Um, absolutely. Um, what is it? What's uh, what is the second tune on that record? That was one of the first Zeppelin vinyls I bought when I started buying vinyl again. I bought it on tape. You bought presents on tape. Yeah. You know, and it has the it has the the obelisk thing on the cover of presents. Have you ever seen that? It's got like a little statue, right? On the table, on the cover of the Uh, presence record, right? Well, here it is. It's like a black... Like a black... Like the Egyptian? Oh, yeah, they're all looking at it. Yep. So they sent those as a promo to, like, music writers and shit like that with a copy of the record. And those things go on eBay. There's knockoffs, too. I need a knockoff. I just want one. But the real ones go for big bucks, like big bucks. Oh, no shit, huh? Yes. It's crazy. That's a great, great album. Think about a a statue that uh, Zeppelin would have sent to a music writer or something like that or a critic or somebody they wanted to hear the record, you know, forward. They sent them those statues, and I would love to have one of those. Uh, what you, are you a, looking at it? I'm looking at something, and I, I don't mean to. Uh, I'll, uh, so, just, the silence. so describe, However, describe it. The, describe this, it. The uh, ten-minute opening song, "Achilles' Last Stand," mm. uh, was recorded whenever uh, the basic backing track was laid down by Jones, who played an alembic eight-string bass on the track, giving it a distinctive tone. Good God. I would say so. Was, I don't even, I don't even know what an eight-string bass is. <laughs> I mean, it's basically is, a guitar and a bass built into the same damn instrument, I do believe. Is he the most groundbreaking multi-instrumentalist? that rock and roll has ever seen he, i guess he paved the way for a, a bunch of other people to do it i mean he's absolutely and, perfect at it all so it's a, it's kind of like yeah. groundbreaking or just, just mold making or something or just like but no one can play like him so i mean it's, it's like right it's like you can't teach speed in sports it's kind of like right can't teach talent. something you're born with and it, it, the funny thing is is when when he knew that Jimmy Page was getting the rights to the Yardbirds and like going to start his own thing. He said to him in the studio, anything that you start or are involved in, let me know. I'd like to be a part of it. And Jimmy Page had to be like, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> like, he knew they played the studio together. Yeah. He had to know how much of a badass he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if he kept hiring him. Right. I mean, and the thing is, he just makes it so damn effortless. And he like, 
he can just play a whole song just hanging off of John Bonham's left symbol or something like that. You know, we're like, he's keen yeah, dude, on that. He, he was all over Bonham and Bonham had his own like style, um, style and, but he, him and John Paul Jones were like connected. They were just amazing together. Yeah, they were. It was like, I, I mean, again, lightning in a bottle. I think there's those handful of bands that that happens with and the right pieces fall together and it's just groundbreaking. Yeah. And they're definitely one of those. They're definitely one of those. Um, You know, I guess you could say there's a few. In my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. uh, the Rolling Stones are another one. Oh, without a I, without a doubt, I find it very hard to think that two bands that influential come from the same place, but they do. Right. Um, well, think, dude. I think Pink Floyd's in that fucking group too. Oh, I mean, Pink Floyd is a top five band of all time. I mean, I, I mean, mean, they're geniuses. They're, just that's fucking, fucking lightning in a bottle too, in so much so that the lightning couldn't Good fucking hunt. mix with the other lightning. In, and that happens a lot. And that oh, happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, oh, like, yeah. you know, Neil Young was not a permanent fixture in CSN and sometimes why. Um, you know, it just, he had other things to do, like his own right. shit. And I went to Bass Pro Shop today, got myself this kick-ass net gator, nice. and uh, looked at fishing rods for 45 minutes. You could, They only let 50 people in the store at a time. Yeah, I heard they were limiting by square footage at certain stores. It makes sense. It's awesome. Yeah. So I go in there for hours at a time, dude. And just <laughs> like make sure wait, some dudes got to wait, wait out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then come out and I don't buy anything. <laughs> just shoot archery all day. Just, so yeah, um, Led Zeppelin Two is a weird album to me. First of all, they recorded totally on tour. I think for Led Zeppelin One. Um, oh, and two for sure was all over. I think they recorded in three different studios, like on Los like Angeles, uh, right? And yeah. Like they recorded. I mean, Jimmy Page was yeah, at least two fucking new. new I think new. it was New York, New York, L.A., and London. They recorded two in, like basically on the road, didn't they? Yeah, I think they recorded it while they were on tour for the Let's right. Up and One and right. Um, which go, just goes to show you how fucking smart they were to keep putting out music while they were making music. And, Absolutely. You know, a lot of times there's that hiatus there, and then it's like, oh, will the sophomore album be as good? Well, right. the sophomore album just comes out right. like on the heels of the first album. Of course it's going to be that good. Everyone's hungry for it, you know? Exactly. And, and I mean, that's what bands did back then. And, I mean, think about Black Sabbath did the same thing released like a string of albums they would release them every year and you know they i wouldn't necessarily record on tour but they'd knock them out um and what was their second record uh paranoid with uh, pigs talking yeah. about not a sophomore slump no no but when you're defining a genre it's pretty it's kind of hard to uh, uh to, to suck it's writing, like, it, hey, writing we, like groundbreaking music yeah compared to absolutely nothing else this sucks 
that's, that's perfect, though. Yeah, well, perfect. yeah, I mean, it's uh. Fairies, it should be wear, fairies right wear boots. That's on that record. Fairies too. That's wear one boots. My, it's fucking sweet leaf. It's one of my favorite black <laughs> sweet leaf on there too. Ever. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Fairies with boots is one of my favorites for sure. One of my favorite lines. I used to sing this at work all the time. It's like smoking and tripping is all that you do. I used to sing that at work. Just like son, he says, "Son, son, you've gone too far. Cause smoking and tripping is all right. that you do." Right. <laughs> Like the first time you hear that, he's like, "Fairies wear boots, and you gotta believe me." Oh yeah, I mean, it's still badass. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, oh it's badass. I mean, it is. All right, all right, all right. So why don't we wrap it up for this episode of the Music Challenge Podcast? Remember to check us out uh, on Instagram at uh, well. At, at Music Challenge Pod, uh, Music Challenge Pod, and also send us your emails at Music Challenge Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Got anything to add besides that, Rob? <laughs> no, just keep opening them up. That's the only thing that's going to keep us freaking sane. See you guys. Keep us um, We'll be back soon. We'll be back soon and uh, look for plenty of other little tiny, uh, I'll tell you later. Uh, Mini conversations. Mini conversations because we're not exactly uh, rich with material at the moment. So uh, talk to you later. Have a good night. Good night, guys. See ya.